Hello and welcome to the Growing Mums podcast with me, Kira Hawkins. I'm a primary school teacher and ordinary mum of two, trying to muddle through motherhood and learn from my mistakes along the way. Here we will be talking all things modern parenting, from baby and toddler sleep to self-development and growth. We will be having those raw conversations that we often don't get a chance to have in the playground and we will be searching for those moments where we find connection through shared experiences. So get ready for some expert advice as well as insightful motherhood confessions. Let's get started. Hello everybody, thank you so much for coming back and listening to the podcast again. I really hope that you're enjoying it and also please send your feedback because I just want to get better at this and get guests on that you want to speak to. So this week I've lined up a special starting school chat with a lady who I know quite well because I've actually worked with her. She's a really, really experienced teacher and I know that she's the best, which is why I asked her to come on the podcast for this subject. Her name is Sophie Cooksley and she's worked in lots of different schools. She also has lived in Barcelona and taught English as a foreign language, but she came back and did her teacher training here and has now really worked her way up through the ranks in the early years settings um, in school so in reception but she's also taught mixed year groups she really knows her stuff and she really knows what she's doing when it comes to reception and so I can't wait for you to hear our chat hello Sophie it's so lovely to have you on the podcast Um, we just had a little chat before but please could you start by just telling us a little bit about you maybe about your family your children a little bit and then about your experience in early years Yes, of course. Well, thank you for having me. Um, So I've got two children. Um, I've got a little boy who's nine and then I've got a daughter who's six. So they will be, when we go back to school in September, they'll be year five, which I can't quite believe, and year two. So one's just, you know, just still in the infants and one reaching the end of his primary, um, primary life. And I have also been, I know, it's crazy. I can't believe how quickly the time's gone. Um, and I'm also an early years teacher. Um, I trained as an early years teacher, so um, I specialised in early years since the beginning of my teaching career. And I've always taught um, and led early years, and I've taught year one and year two. So I've always been in the key stage one, um, sort of down there and up the school. I also have done some work for the local authority um, to do with early years. So I um, go out to the schools and um, help where needed or just give advice or just talk to other teachers about early years practices. Um, and in a previous life before children, I taught in Spain as well. And um, that wasn't early years, although I did teach in a primary school in Spain for the last year that I was there, but that was teaching all ages. Um, wow, teenagers but, as well. Gosh, so yeah, you've had a lot of experience in schools, but particularly in early years. But can I ask, did you see much of a diff? Is it very different? primary school in Spain is it very different to primary school in the UK um well I think it's I think they're stricter oh really Uh, yeah I think uh I think they're strict teachers and the children um respond quite well well not quite well but they they're very well behaved yeah they like they sort of have respect for their teachers whether it's because they're scared or not but they are showing the teacher respect they respond they respond they respond yeah yeah and we were actually just talking before about how the way we treat kids has changed so much over time and in so many ways that's incredible because kids 
like you said, can be themselves completely. Um, but then for teachers, that can pose more of a challenge because if everyone's just being their full self all the time um, and per- per- perhaps they don't really enjoy listening, that can pose as quite a challenge for teachers, can't it, when you've got 30 of those children? Definitely. And I think, yeah, we were saying just chatting before and I was saying that in um, certainly the last 10 years, when I think back to my class 10 years ago, and to my classes that I've had recently, or not just mine, but just other schools that I've visited and other earlier teachers that I've spoken to, um, there is a difference between the cohorts. Um, and I think it probably is is that is that children come in and they don't necessarily see school or see teachers as an authority figure. Um, they don't see it as a place where they need to um, kind of have these set boundaries. Um, mm. So I think we need to, as early years teachers, we need to be prepared to spend a lot more of the uh, the beginning of their time at school teaching and reinforcing those things. Whereas before maybe children came in, be able to have, be able to sit and listen and their attention spans were longer. We're not seeing that quite so much now. So we have to be prepared and we have to make it part of our practice um, to help the children with that because if they're not listening or they don't have those that attention span they're not going to be able to learn the things that we need them to start learning so I think a lot of the time now we do lots of game listening games um reading stories circle time kind of things to get the children um in the position that we then need them to be in to sort of do that more um kind of more academically sort of learning Mm, yeah exactly actually you've kind of come on to my next question but I just want to say I think the conversation around schools and like adults being shown respect or being an authoritative figure at the moment I feel like there's so much change going on with all of that and like I know a lot of people who are now gonna homeschool I just think the world is really changing and I'm wondering where this is all going to go because like I'm a teacher too and I'm really noticing exactly the same things as you but then we want our kids to be themselves I don't know at the moment it just feels like we're being told to parent in one way but then that doesn't match up with what schools need to do and our kids are like, it's not really suiting the kids for when they get to school necessarily. And it's not really suiting the teachers because the kids are having me. I don't, but I don't know. Do you think, do you think it's a steep learning yeah, curve I, when kids get to reception or do you think they're they're prepared because they've been in preschool? Sorry to talk over you. No, it's fine. I think, I, I agree. I think there is, um, yeah, there's, there's a definite change in parenting over the last, I don't know how many years, but I, I think there has been. And I think like we were saying before, there's lots of positives in it, children aren't so um, bottled up they're much more themselves they start school and I think it's good you know a lot of the time they don't see every single adult as being an authority figure they can just be themselves with them um but, but that does bring its challenges sometimes but then you think well maybe it's the school's place to change how they do things um early years we're very very lucky that we have a different curriculum to the rest of the school mm. where reception is the final curriculum the final year sorry of the early years curriculum um and it's all done through play the way we assess is differently different the way we teach is different um so I think we're very lucky um as early as practitioners to have that framework to work from however we are the first year of primary school so they're Mm. still within that school setting so we still have to um help and teach the children to conform to those school boundaries and also be very aware that we're sending them up to year one at the end of the year and there's certain things that they you know if we if they haven't learned and they haven't got if they haven't grasped um then we're not preparing them fully for year one um so there's there's lots of different things to juggle I think in that final year of the early years framework 
and it's, absolutely yeah. and it's also really like teachers are doing the best that they possibly can under the circumstances they've got really big classes quite often I mean less so where we live but a lot yeah. of the time you'll have 30 reception kids coming in or That's you know right. and where we live also although it's generally smaller class sizes we have the mixed mm, year class absolutely. sizes a lot around here um so mm. you have that juggle also and that um, really is a juggle because they're on two different curriculums I know you've got reception year one um, yeah. and they're literally on two different curriculums so that is yeah. that definitely you're very creative at making that work for sure <laughs> um but yeah so I guess what I was gonna ask is and I, I really don't think there's a right or wrong by the way just while we're talking about um you know the way the system's going and the way we treat kids and the way teachers treat kids I I honestly think schools need to be there because life isn't just do whatever you want so school is like the first stage into kind of getting children in you know what a real society is like in many ways um but I know a lot of parents feel that their child wouldn't do well at school and so they're taking other alternatives so maybe I don't know what the future holds for this but I guess it's becoming more and more normal to not go into mainstream school I personally am choosing to put my child into mainstream school mainstream school (laughs) just because I think she'll thrive in that environment um but it might be totally different with my son because he's a totally different child so who knows but um But yeah, just when, what was I going to ask? I was going to say, what do you think parents need to know before their child starts school in terms of what's going to happen? What's it going to be like? Yeah, so I think a lot, I know when my son uh, started school, so he was my first one to go to school, um, lots of the other parents, the main concern is, you know, they need to get them sort of like school ready kind of thing Mm. and, and, you know, really all that um, a reception teacher wants is that a child comes in happy, like raring to go. If they're not and they're they're sad and they're upset, we will, you know, we will look after them. Um, and we will, you know, we'll sit with them and we'll read them a story and we'll make them feel comfortable. And I think the main thing is parents to be reassured that um we will look after your children Mm. and we'll do everything we can to make them settled. And all the, you know, it's just the basic things that are really helpful to us, like that they can hopefully try to go to the toilet independently or as independently as possible, um, that they put their coat on and, um, you know, that all their items of clothing are labelled. And they're yeah. like the main things really that if we could ask parents over the summer holidays to kind of do anything with their children, it would be those sort of things. And you know, don't worry about if they don't know any sounds or they can't write their name, because that's what we like to teach them mm-hmm. when they when they're in the reception year. So we really do spend time getting to know the children and um planning all of our um lessons and all of our activities sort of around around the child and I think that's where the early years curriculum really differs from the main key stage the main sorry the main national curriculum is that it is really really child-centered whereas I think the national curriculum then just becomes kind of one thing for everybody yeah the early years is is you know it 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 should be centered around the child and and a very holistic approach as well Absolutely. I mean, that's what I've seen whenever I've come into your classroom is the early years as part of it is all centered around what's going to be fun for those children to do. So you make 
games, really practical things that they can do and that they're going to enjoy to like sort of engage them in learning and get them excited about learning. Um, that's what's so that's what's so great about the early years, and that's what's so great about having that whole year to just completely learn through play, basically, and just like slowly. Sorry, yeah. yeah, this is something just getting them used to being in school um, is a big thing for a lot of children, and um, even the basic routines of like sitting on the carpet together for a very short kind of input, like I don't know, counting to ten or whatever it is we're doing. Uh, lining up for playtime, you know, uh, not talking when somebody else is talking, all those kind of things can take a long time for some children to to get used to. Um, so I think the learning, it has to be fun and it, it has to involve a lot of play and it has to involve their interests because if you don't get the children at that young age engaged and wanting to come to school and excited about school and enjoying it it's not it's not like you've lost them but it's it's more difficult when mm. the learning gets a bit trickier um, yeah definitely and yeah. if they've if they've got a bad association with school then you've got to like sort of unlearn that so your whole job isn't it is to get them excited get them loving school get them prepared for when they go into year one and it all does get a bit more buttons down on seats sort of thing and I know it's not all like that like the year one teachers do their absolute best with the curriculum um but yeah it's much more so and actually recently um there has been a big drive and uh, it's become much more popular to do a lot of continuous provision through into year one and then in some classes in the teacher at uh, my school she's brilliant she teaches the year two three class and in her classroom she has uh continuous provision with challenges within all the different areas um so it is becoming more so i think that um schools and definitely teachers are taking it on themselves to try and get what's really good about the early years flowing through into the rest of the primary curriculum um it takes a lot of work because there's a lot to cover isn't Mm, it when you get into sort of especially into year two and year three um but you know if you want to engage the children then you have to put those things in place Mm. because if you've got disengaged children they're not going to they're not going to learn learn absolutely I think it also really depends on the head teacher as well and how much they know about early years and how much kind of respect they have for it because um there's so much riding on like year two with for the head from the head teacher's perspective obviously not from not I'm not saying at all that they should be putting pressure on these kids I guess the head has to like trust in the process of the early years to allow the teachers to do that further up the school but like that's so amazing when they do because that's so much nicer for the children I guess isn't it definitely and I think yeah you're completely right um a lot of it is down to the school and down to how much teachers are trusted which is why it's really really important um to trust teachers that they know what they're talking about that they know their class that they know their children yeah and that they're going to plan a curriculum around what they know about their children you know it's the classroom teachers first and foremost who know their children the mm. best um and a lot of times now you know they we have children in every class who you know might struggle with um being able to sit for long periods of time being able to maintain attention they were having different um, activities for them to go and do that can um, reinforce their learning or that they can learn that same learning objective that the majority of the class are doing 
but they're doing it in a different way um you know it's hugely hugely beneficial so i think yeah there's a lots of um lots that teachers are now taking from early years practice which i think can only be a really good thing mm, that's amazing because when i think of like my children now i want them to be and i'm sure it's the same for you you just want your kids to be happy in their learning and you don't want to think of them as being like sat down all day having to concentrate so hard on something they're not really engaged with you want to think of them as excited and you know enthused and yeah um so no that's so good to hear I actually wanted to go back to what you said about um children needing to be able to go to the loo on their own and also um writing their name because Bets these are two of my main worries about Betsy um is that she can she's absolutely potty trained but to the extent that she will like really hold in poos like she just won't poo in a public place at all and I this is like one of my main worries about her going to school is because she's going to be there five days and she always needs a poo after lunch so I just wondered what what does the teacher do in that situation should I be should I be telling the teacher all of this yeah, I mean, I would say any concerns that you have, tell the teacher. It okay. almost certainly won't be anything the teacher hasn't heard before if yeah. they've had a couple of years experience anyway. Um, and only like two years experience, they'll have probably heard most most concerns because if, you, yeah. if you've got that concern now, there will be loads and loads and loads of other parents that have had that concern in the past. Yeah. Um, so I would say any concerns, anything that you think is, um, worth knowing then it really is worth knowing as a teacher mm-hmm. um, and yeah you know the teacher can't do anything to help unless they know so I'd say absolutely share anything like that with um, with your child's teacher before or on the first few days of school whenever you get a chance um, to speak to the teacher and I guess the teacher can all they can do really is give enough reminders yeah. to go to the loo and in the first few days they'll be taking their children to the toilets and mm-hmm. the, they'll be hopefully there'll be a teacher assistant in there as well who'll be taking sort of little small groups down to the loo to make them feel comfortable going and they all know the way and all that kind of thing and she is going to be there five days a week so hopefully it won't take her long for it to feel a bit like a second home mm-hmm. um, and when it does you know and when it does and if she feels comfortable going and she knows where it is and all that kind of thing and she's been there you know a week or two weeks or so then hopefully she will just feel um at home enough to to go go or if not or if not hopefully we'll get into a new routine and she just goes in the morning I don't know it's just one of my it's one of my fears I think I'm just traumatized because like oh god just you know never pooing at school like yeah it's always just tricky for everyone isn't it and I just don't want her to have well, it that is, and then, you know there's lots of people do say that they can't do a school poo exactly <laughs> I know exactly or a work poo so maybe it's yeah, just gonna yeah. be maybe, so maybe she'll, just, she'll be raring to get home just to yeah. go for loop. Yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah I definitely would tell the teacher because you know they'll be used to all the toileting sort of stuff yeah yeah okay cool and then also yeah if a child is particularly young in the year do the parents need to be worried about that like is it are they do they need to be worried about their child falling behind or anything like that 
no I mean you certainly don't need to be worried um teachers will always know where they're when they're uh, the children in the classes birthdays are so they they'll always know the summer borns um because it can make it's a, it's a year sometimes if you've got a September born and an August born mm. so it's a, almost a year you know difference between yeah. them so it, it, obviously developmentally they're a young they're a younger age so it would be naive to say no there's absolutely no difference because developmentally they're at a you know they're a younger age but some children you can absolutely tell throughout the year that they're summer born and their learning is just it's on the same sort of trajectory but it's just slightly behind because they're six twelve whatever many months behind mm. the kind of the bulk of the children and other summer born children you wouldn't you would not know that they're mm. summer born um and also it depends on the child but also it's completely um like measured against their age anyway isn't it like age is completely taken into account with baseline assessments and any assessments that are being done isn't it it's not like they're being compared to each other they're just being compared to themselves exactly so yeah the early years assessments it's all done on age um so yeah you're completely right when within the first it depends on the school, but most schools within the first three or four weeks, they will be carrying out within those first weeks um, a baseline assessment. We have to do a government baseline assessment now, which is kind of computer based, but we also do, um, or we don't get scores back from that, we just send them off. Um, we also, do, every school will do their in-school assessment as well. And it isn't a test, it isn't anything scary, it is so that we can have a is exactly what it says so we have a baseline we know where your child was when they started school so that we can then measure um we can measure their um improvement as the year goes along so they're only ever um judged against that baseline mm. um yeah exactly. so we can yeah we could so a child by the end of the year might not have got to the same point as for example, a September born or as another, you know, any other child in their class, they might have a different um, end point. Mm. However, the progress that they've made may well be much bigger because their baseline, their baseline may well have been a lot lower. So yeah, we don't like to look just at end points. It's all about the progress that's been made from that starting point. Mm. And that's really, and that is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not, teachers are never looking at it as um and never sort of comparing or saying this is where a child should be you're just you're doing what you have to do for like the government and the school but the teachers are really just looking at it like they genuinely just want these kids to learn and genuinely want to like develop a relationship with these kids and make them um you know make them progress but in a way that they're like happy with what am I trying to say here um I'm just saying teachers are not kind of pushing for results or anything like that you're just it's not all data driven it isn't all about the end point it isn't all about um getting to the end of the year and meeting end of year targets it's it's about that the journey through the year it's about the progress they've made and it's about um what that individual child needs to do to to make their next step in their journey doesn't really matter whether that's kind of curriculum based so much or whether it's an academic thing if there's something that they need to do Mm, it um, might be 
it might be their communication and language yeah like you say it's yeah um yeah so it's all about yeah looking at that progress looking at what they need to do next um without worrying too much about what is you know expected Mm. by the government Mm. you know by the end of the year and of course that's what we're working towards we have to report on that at the end of the year um and we have those goals but knowing the children um we will always kind of fill those gaps if they're needed before taking them on to the next step Um, yeah and early years teachers are really skilled at doing that knowing what needs to be done next absolutely we're back so we we were chatting about how basically teachers have to have these kind of assessments but ultimately they're just trying to teach the kids in a lovely environment and have a good time but there there does have to be some accountability and some way of measuring otherwise teachers could just be doing anything so it just keeps the teachers in the schools accountable um yeah but teachers are always doing it from the right place because as most people know you don't become a teacher for the money or the easy life you do it for the love no, of it no we don't say that um yeah you, yeah so we, we baseline them um but it's not it's done in any way where there's let's sit down and do this and it's done all through again like the rest of the learning in the early years it's done through planned um planned play really so we plan activities to do with them which will then show us you know the kind of things that we need to that we need to baseline them on. So for example, the number um, and shape and measure, it might be whether they can um, make repeating patterns. So we'll just set up various activities that will enable us to see that. Um, and and yes, it's, it's a way where we can be accountable, where we can be able to say to parents you know we're accountable to parents as much as we're accountable to our head teachers as much as we're accountable to the local authority um at the end of the year we can say this is where your child's got to this is where they were at the beginning this is how much progress they've made um you know so it's for, so it's for various reasons um mm. but yeah I think I think the, the big thing for parents to know is that they're not going to come to school and be sat down and be tested um for these baselines it's it's done um all all through play and through games and lots of it can be done through group activities as well it's it's not all sort of like one-on-one yeah and it actually can be really lovely because it actually can be the teacher giving a child their full attention and chatting with them and finding out about their life and you know getting them to talk tell them a story or it's really fun isn't it so yeah to parents definitely don't need to worry yeah no, really don't need to worry. And I think it's actually the only year group where teachers have to and are allowed a number of weeks at the beginning of the year to really get to know the children mm. in their class. There's no other year group where you're afforded um, that time to do that with, with the children because you just don't have the time in the in the curriculum yeah. and in the day to do that in other classes. So it's a unique, it's a unique time, really. It's a really unique um, time, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the are on half days a lot of the time. I know it's it varies school to school how long a half day lasts. Um, so it's usually in those half day pit, like two, three weeks of half days um, where we kind of do those baselining activities with them. 
I know. I mean, Betsy's school, I couldn't believe it when they gave us the timetable. It's two days of half days and then they're in full time. And they were like, and they were like, bring them in if they're tired, they can have a sleep in the corner. And I was like, oh my gosh. But I know for a lot of parents, it's really tricky because of work. So I get why they do it. But for me, I was like, oh my God, I thought we were going to have it, you know, a half term of half days. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, way back when, it used to be sort of I'm going back years and years and years now, but it used to be quite common perhaps to have half days until October half term. Yeah. Um, so there's just no way working parents could manage that. Manage it exactly. You just can't. You can't and do that when my started school. It's just such a headache. Absolutely, and you have to kind of bite the bullet at some point. And I guess you know, just going for it. That's one way of doing it, and they will get used to it. Kids are just so they incredibly well yeah and lots of them you know they have they do go to preschool a lot more yeah than they did in the days where half days were you know six weeks or so so yeah you do get some children that struggle but the majority of children you know once they're in full-time cope really really well yeah no yeah, absolutely think, um, they're really adaptable I've been in the classroom with you where there's been a child who's just like really tired or feeling a bit poorly and they you know they sit in the reading corner like they might have somebody reading a book with them it can be it can be a really calm nice environment for them and they kind of feel really looked after so it's not it's not all hectic loads of kids running around all day it's not like that at all it can be a really calm quiet lovely place I think that's right. And I think especially if you're in just a reception class, if you've just got the one year group, teachers know when their class are tired, don't they? Mm. So they can have some really calm time. Um, you know, lots of teachers now put on really calm music. There's loads of things now, you know, um, doing mindfulness with children, meditation, little, yeah. you know, short sessions, all those kind of things that teachers do now quite often as part of their practice um quiet time in the reading corner you know quiet story times all those kind of things will be going on um with tired uh reception children in that first term absolutely because teachers aren't really going to get anywhere with phonics if their class are too tired to even sit up properly so they're right. they're going to go with and what they're exactly doing. and you know the bulk of the the main kind of academic sort of learning, which in reception is phonics, really phonics and, and sort of early early number maths, is done in the morning. Yeah. Um, because they're tired in the afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. We all are, aren't they? Aren't we? I, I read the other day that um just like with our circadian rhythms or something, we're not supposed to be up like after lunch, we're all supposed to have a siesta and then go again in the evening and that does make quite a lot of sense doesn't it considering how we're all feeling after lunch definitely definitely you know like toddlers have it right don't they with their afternoon naps yeah yeah definitely (laughs) love a little siesta every day um yeah absolutely right we've got a couple of last questions because um we have been on quite a while and I promised you that it was going to be a quick one even though I know you're being really understanding but also I'm trying to make my podcast more accessible to people by being shorter Um, (laughs) but one thing that I think is quite important is um, firstly what can parents expect to see from their child how will their child change within that first year at school because I think we're all thinking my little babies once they go off to school that's it and they change forever so what does that change start to look like in reception 
I think to begin with, the first change that a lot of parents notice, or not notice, but they see, is they do get the short end of the deal. They get tired, probably grumpy children at the end of the day who don't tell them much about their day. And I would just like to assure any parent who has child starts and reception that is really, really normal. It's really common. Um, it's not that they're unhappy at school. It's not that they're enjoying it. They're just tired. I think I'm sure we've all had new jobs. We've done days in um, new environments before and you come home and you might not necessarily have been using your brain at full capacity, but just the newness of everything makes you really tired. Um, and they're young and all that kind of thing. And they're away from anything that's familiar. So that will be the first change. So it's not always the change that you want to see initially. Um, but that is what will more than likely happen. And the unfortunate thing as well about the way that the academic year is structured is that the longest term is the first term and it's also the term where the clocks go back and where the nights draw in so everything collides together and although it's only an hour when the clocks go back it can impact some children and that first term is really long it's usually uh, the first term to October half term is usually about eight weeks and then that second one until Christmas can be the same um, they're the two longest terms put together in winter you know they are so tired by Christmas um however Christmas is my favorite term in the early years classroom it's just the nativity is going on they're all excited it's just so lovely so there's so much nice stuff to see so I think although among all that tiredness and grumpiness um you'll see the biggest thing in your in the early years sort of like year in that reception years your child probably stood on stage in their Christmas play and they might say something or they'll sing in front of the whole school in front of an audience and we'll often get parents saying you know I never ever thought that I'd see them on stage they were so you know shy or timid um so that probably for a lot of parents will be the second maybe after tiredness uh change that they'll see in their child they'll see that confidence of being able to stand up there and um perform and I mean, the other big change really is it's their first life away from you mm. um, where you don't really have any say or control as much. And that's really hard for some parents. Um, I think when before school, although they go to play group and things, you still, you know, the parents and who your children socialize with is down to you um it's who your friends with and so they'll play with your friends children and that kind of stuff and once they get to school you don't really have that say they're just friends who they, they make friends with mm. and um yeah that can be quite strange for some parents it's quite new mm. that they're they're sort of making that first it's their first real step into the world it's the first time they've made that big choice and they develop their own friendships and their own friendship group um all by themselves mm. and that is a a big first and a big step mm. and some children have one particular friend and so they'll have a best friend and they'll be glued to them and other children just don't and they'll just play with whoever and it doesn't I think 
this is talking from my experience Mm. I worried so much about um friendships for my son and I just thought I don't know I was just always worried that he didn't have friends that he might be on his own and you know now he's in year five and he's got loads of friends and he's always off with them and I think that can be a real concern for some parents if they Mm. don't make an immediate friend at school but so many children are just happy playing with whoever and you know so Mm. yeah if I was to do do it again I would relax a bit more on um, the friendship side and Mm, try not to worry that's really great to hear because I think it's really like I do I do exactly the same it's like they need to have friends they need to be with their friends in order to be happy but actually that's just not the case like some kids just like doing their own thing and that is fine and that is an amazing thing as an adult so to have you know just to be okay in your own company yeah it's absolutely fine to be on your own and lots of children flit you know they flip between friends or they flip between different groups Mm. and it doesn't mean that they're any less happy or any less confident than those children that have one firm friend Mm. it's just different you know different children um so yeah I think they'll see as the year progresses they'll see differences at different points but friendships is definitely a huge change that they'll see Mm -hmm. um they will like I said they'll see that tiredness at the beginning and they probably won't be able to get much out of their children but hopefully your school will have some sort of app or some way of communicating with you what they kind of do even if it's not daily but weekly or sending the odd photos or something so that you have a way of knowing what they've been up to at school Mm. um and it can be a little in into chatting about their day you can say oh I saw a photo of you doing whatever and hopefully it'll spark some conversation Mm. um so and yeah so friendships will be a big change um confidence levels hopefully will increase and also you know hopefully by the end of the reception year your child will be um a reader which is just a huge change for a child and that's the big thing throughout the reception year really I think is is the reading it's um as a reception yeah any reception teacher you ask it's just such a privilege really to be able to teach all these children how to read and when they leave your class um you know they can read um at different levels you know being able to read I mean I don't mean fluently full books but you know they can read words and they can read sentences and it's lovely being able to see that progress and hopefully parents you know if they're joining in that journey at home and hopefully reading with their child little and often it's always best by the way don't try and sit down and read a whole book with your child at the end of the day because it's too much a sentence at the end of the day or two you know little nothing you'll see that progress too as well as the year goes by so um yeah hopefully all good all good changes through the reception yeah I'm really excited about all the changes I mean obviously it you know my heart my baby going to school but it's just such an exciting time for them and it's also an exciting time for parents because it does just take that pressure off you a little bit you know you've been their whole world but and that's amazing but it's also can be quite suffocating as well um, and really intense and a lot of pressure as well so to be able to share that with the teachers and kind of you're all sharing the load now the teachers have got them for a big part of the day and like I think it's really important to be a team with your child's teacher and not kind of um like obviously you need to listen to your child and you need to like hear what they're saying and what they're saying about school but I think it's also really important to know that children do say stuff as well 
to kind of you know like they'll go in and they might be really upset going in but then that's that's about leaving their parent that's not about them not liking school um and the two are very two very different things and they will most like nine times out of ten even more than that children are absolutely fine 10 minutes into being at school because they see their friends or they start learning something that they you know they play a game that they're really enjoying and they're completely distracted and not thinking about their parents anymore um and so don't worry if that's your child and they're the one that goes in crying every day because they it's speak to the teacher but it's most likely that they are then completely distracted out of it definitely it's just a separation it's the, it's ripping off the sticking plaster and actually if you are in that position I've been in it with myself with my daughter um the best thing by far is to just a very quick goodbye mm. and it is really really hard as a parent to leave a crying child mm. it's the, the, the thing you want to do is hug them until they finish crying send them in happily mm. but from experience with my class it's to get to try and say goodbye really quickly a, a handover and go because like you say more than nine times out of ten as soon as the parents are outside and they're in the classroom with their friends they are fine mm, um, 100%. And yeah and you wouldn't know that they'd been upset five minutes before and I completely agree about the doing it quickly thing because I with my daughter I never like wanted to leave her when she was crying going into playgroup in fact her she never massively settled into playgroup and I'm hope I don't think we'll have going to have the same at school I think she's going to much prefer school because it's much more struck like it's just different and it's going to suit her way more but um she I I basically it was always drawn out a playgroup and it became an issue a real issue and she got into this yeah. habit of every single time behave doing the same thing and when she went for her um induction at school the teacher was just like right come on guys we're going in and yeah. she just went in smiling because that was just what they did and I'm gonna just carry on doing that because I think kids can really get into a habit and I and I know you know people say they don't play you and all of that and I'm not saying they're playing you but I think they can get themselves into a habit of getting upset every single day. I think they do definitely get themselves into a habit it's the same way if you have uh, which I'm going through at the moment bedtime uh, anxieties yes. or whatever you want yeah it's not I think you know those fears or whatever the anxieties or the separation or whatever is genuine um but yeah, there's a cycle that they that they've got themselves into, and although you want to help them through it, and you know, as our as parents, it is our job to help our children through difficult periods. Mm. It's also our job to help them to do exactly that, and sometimes helping them through these periods isn't always what we think it is. Mm. It's you not know, always. It's not always doing it for them. Sometimes we have to. So sadly, Sophie and I were cut off there, but I really hope that that has given you a little bit more of an insight into starting school and what it might be like for your child. Um, I just want to say to everybody that it's really, um, it's a bit of a crazy time, isn't it, when your first child in particular is starting school. I definitely feel it now. Um, there's such a part of me that feels like, oh, this is so the end of an era. Um, Betsy has been at home with me mostly since she was born. Um, and the other part of me feels really relieved um, that somebody, that she's going to have all of that fun and excitement and that the world is opening up for her. 
And for me as well, you know, I th- I think a lot of parents hope that they'll make quite a few new friends when their child starts school. I'm really hoping that. And uh, it's also, it's just a really exciting time. But just to, I want to reassure parents that the reception year, the reception teachers really set up their classroom to engage children. So there'll be role play, there are toys, there's Lego in, and it's, kind of free play continuous provision a lot a lot of the time so uh your child is going to have the best time anyway thank you so much guys uh i'd really love to hear your feelings about your child children starting school and good luck with it all lots of love <laughs>